Join us for a conversation with Joe and Heidi Keller as we discuss their ministry and marriage, parenting with gospel grace and fighting against legalism, and learning how to grow into the people God has made them to be. I'm your host, Aaron Miller, pastor of equipping at Grace Baptist Church in Santa Clarita, California. Welcome to Magnify. Joe, you want to go ahead and read your text out loud? I'm just trying to remember Ephesians 4.29, but I remembered it, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> just feel like I had to. I, I got a Peter Beers this thing. I was over there. I'm like, yeah, da, da, da. He's like, well, you know, in Psalm 32, I'm like, oh, gosh. <laughs> I just like, I'm like, yeah. Oh, he, already I, ha- he already had like his four verse talking points that yeah. he already had memorized. And I'm like, oh, now I remember this one verse that said in the Bible somewhere. And Peter's like, 1 Peter 2.9. Dude, jeez. No, when I preached last, I was trying to remember and quote Hebrews ten twenty three, and in my mind, I reached for it. And I'm like, oh, I don't remember it fully. And so I just like, well, let me paraphrase it. <laughs> I love that you guys are here. It's fun. Thanks for being here. Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, folks, thanks for streaming in. As if you can't tell already, we have some special guests. We have Joe and Heidi Keller, which mm. we're very happy to have here. Joe, you've been here before. Mm. Heidi, this is your first time. First Thanks time. for being here. Yep. Well, we want to interact, obviously, with uh, a lot of content today, but we also want to get to know you both as a couple, and so I think there's ways to do that at the same time, okay? So I have some uh, content that I've prepared you both for, but last time I sat down with David Haig, we talked about uh, kind of one of the greatest dangers to the church, if not the greatest danger to the church, is legalism. And um, you all have had decades of ministry together. Um, you've raised four children. You're still raising children between the ages of 10 and 18. Is that correct? Yeah, that's yes. right. Yeah. And we as moms and dads, as you both know, we need a lot of grace mm-hmm. in that. Before we get into all that, let's just talk about you as a couple. How and where did you meet? We actually met at, you know, Hanu Coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Back in the day, it was a place called Java and Jazz. And we... Uh, uh, that was a place where students would go. So we, um, yeah, we met there. It was wonderful, actually. And then we were at Masters. and So let me get clarity there. You ran into each other there, or you pursued Heidi and said, let's go to this coffee shop? Oh, no, no. He's telling the short version of the story, because usually he tells a really long version of the story, which involves a burrito in Joe, you just go, and I'll <laughs> throttle it. So you just be you, bud. Uh, okay. Okay. Well, again, you know, this is this is a podcast, you know, not a multi-series on Netflix, but nonetheless, <laughs> we'll we'll go for it. I mean, the fact of the matter was, it was... It was a balmy, so, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Here's what happened. A buddy of mine who was on my wing, he said, hey, a really dear friend of mine that I grew up with is coming to Masters and she's here and I want you to meet her. She's really great. Her name's Heidi Art. And I said, okay, fantastic. And so we said, yeah, they're meeting over at Java Jazz. I said, all right, well, listen, I'm hungry. And there was a really great deal going on at the time about seven layer burritos at Taco Bell. And so I'm like, hey, can we swing by Taco Bell? <laughs> it was 99 cents. It was fantastic. And so I'm like, hey, can we swing by seven layer burritos? I may or may not have had multiple seven layer burritos during this season of seven layer burrito, you know, 
deal. Went there, got to Java and Jazz. And then again, it was the random group of college students, which again, that's love abounds there, right? So I tell students all the time, I go, whenever a random group of people are going anywhere, go with them, right? I mean, obviously, sure. if you know the general context, you're not like, hi, hey, random group of people, can I <laughs> hang out with you? But nonetheless, there is a group of people there. And uh, I went, and sure enough, as soon as I shoved the burrito in my face, my, my buddy Daryl goes, hey, this is Heidi. And, you know, kind of the group parted and there was Heidi. And I pulled, I, I'm telling you, I pulled the burrito from my face. I had burrito in my mouth. And she was like, oh, hi. And I was like, eh. right. And I just, I the reason hey, why which, I remember which it. still happens today. Mm, doesn't uh, it? Yeah, mm. you and burritos. So, the, so all that being said, the reason why I remember it so much is because when I saw her, I just was stunned. I just, I was, I was captivated by her and that had never happened to me before. Ever had I met someone that I was so captivated by at, at a moment's notice. Let me just ask you, let me stop you. I'm going to be a speed bump here. Okay. Sure. Did you do anything in that moment to embarrass yourself besides the burrito? <laughs> Are you kidding me? That was, that was it. I didn't know I mean, if you I stumbled just, over your words, if well, you, like, yeah. food fell out of no, your mouth. No, I did. You're yes. All of that, all of that happened simultaneously. I mean, seriously, there were, there were, there were moments where I thought about it. I'm like, I pulled it from my mouth. There's, you know, spit and I got things and I'm like, <laughs> I mean, I just, I, it was mortifying because I was, that's why I remember it so distinctly. Heidi, do you remember this moment? I don't remember that moment. No. And it's funny because you've had plenty of burritos since then. So the embarrassment <laughs> clearly were off. So Joe, you clearly didn't make a good first impression. <laughs> she doesn't remember the moment. <laughs> I remember being at Job and Jazz. I remember meeting him. I don't remember the burrito part. That's kind of what he remembers. <laughs> That's what I remember. Yeah. So anyway, so okay. what so what happened was is that after that I got into the car and I just I said tell me about this person. Like, who is this person? And so in the process of all of that, we were able to, well, candidly. He had a girlfriend. Oh, I had a girlfriend at the time. Okay. I had, I, yeah, I had, a girlfriend, I had a girlfriend at the time. And so then what happened was is, you know, that we broke up. And then after that, I decided to date Jesus for a year. So I said, <laughs> I said, Lord, I'm going to date you for a year. I'm not going to be... I'm going to be singularly focused. I'm not going to be distracted. I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be, you know, really focused in on life and ministry and godliness. And then what was happening is that when I would walk around campus, I would continue to see Heidi. And again, just, I just was stunned. And so I was captivated to be around her, to talk with her. And the more that I talked with her and I spent time with her, the more captivated I became not just obviously with her external beauty but what was happening in her godliness and how she thought and how she interacted with people and I wanted to be around it so I made up excuses to be around her so I would go I would do errands I would I would invite her to walks I would try to sit next to her you know while we were doing homework and the problem was is that I had made this I made this promise that that I would, uh, you know, that I would date Jesus for a year. And so it, it, it kind of became a problem. A buddy of mine who was discipling me, he just said, Hey, what's going on with, you know, with you and Heidi Arndt? I go, Oh, let me tell you. I just said, I'm like, I've been dating Jesus, whatever. <laughs> After you heard all, he goes, that is the stupidest <laughs> thing I have ever heard That's in exactly my life. That's exactly what I would have told you. <laughs> and I, so I go, what? He goes, that is not how it works. 
she's wonderful. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta, totally. you gotta pursue her. And I go, are you kidding me? So my discipler like resolved my covenant with Jesus. And I went, and, <laughs> I went, and then we dated. Uh, we essentially dated for four years. And so how? Okay, that. go back to that coffee shop. How old are we? I was a freshman. It was only second week of school for me. I must and have he been, was a semester ahead of me. Yeah, I must have been nineteen. Yeah. She asked me to Sadie Hawkins. Oh, that was. Oh, is that right? Yeah, kind of kickstarted the whole thing. There you go. Mm-hmm. All right. I mean, I don't know if this next question is going to launch into another episode that we're going to have to carry on, but uh, I'll do my best to to hold you back. No, I'm going to ask Heidi. I was going to ask you, Joe, but I'm going to ask Heidi. Heidi, how did Joe propose? Again, it's a super long story because he planned an entire day, and it was pretty epic. Usually I tell the story and then you give me a look or you kick my shin and say, hey, listen, let's wrap it up. It's taken too long. <laughs> yeah. I know. It takes a long time. I mean, it really does happen. Like I'll be telling her and she'll be like, listen, we have to go. <laughs> or the food is getting cold. It's true. And I'm like, and then. It's true. And then. <laughs> I mean, he's he's probably gone about 30 minutes before telling the story. Oh, wow. Yeah. What time of year was so, it? It's, yeah. yeah. What, what time of year was it? It was, when was it? September. Yes. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it was after my birthday, so it was near the end okay. of September. In in this town, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, mean, I was still a student. Okay, he worked at Masters. I was still a student. I was a senior. I mean, I, I mean, I'm compelled to tell the story, but hey, man, we have the power of editing, so just go. That's true. Go ahead, because this really is your story. You're the better storyteller of this one. When it comes <laughs> when it comes to contradicting details, I'm the better storyteller. But you can go ahead and tell this one. No, it really, it really is true because you know I'll tell a story and he's like, "That's not true." <laughs> <laughs> like literally, that never happened. <laughs> so I'm like, and then, and then we did this and we did that. She's like, "That's not, I don't even." Hey, but think. you know what? Reality is perspective, and if that's Joe's perspective, that's what's happened. I don't know. She's Aaron, like, I don't know. think that that's what's happened. I go, well, you know. She's like, no, that like never. <laughs> You know, again, I'll see, you know, when I'm telling a story, but then we've had a lot of conversations over the years and I have, I have, you've reeled it back a little bit. I mean, a lot because there wasn't a camp story that I wouldn't love to tell, you know? And so then Heidi's like, uh, you have this thing called integrity that you need to like remember. So, so, so I would tell a story and then, and then Heidi, the fish would get bigger and bigger and bigger every time. Yeah. And then Heidi's like, that's not true. And I'm like, Right, I'm. I had the guy I got the it's audience. Sort we're, of true. We're around the other day, and then she would say that, and then I, then I would like. I mean, I would like give her the eye, like, "Hey, you are ruining this vibe." <laughs> and then again, again, car ride homes, right, is where marriages are built, right? That so, is true. So like, I'm like, I'm like car, like car ride home. She's like, I'm like, hey. she's like, why did you? I'm like, well, why did you? And she go, because that was a lie. I go, well, maybe we could have talked about it. Later. Okay, well, so listen, listen. I do, I do want to have, I do want to have this discussion. So that that's a perfect segue into my next question. Sure. Can you remember your first argument as a married couple? No. No, because they all blend into each other. There were, it was all the time. Yeah, we fought a lot. Our first year of marriage, we fought constantly. I think I might remember the first one because it was really, really early on, like maybe a week or two. And I- A week or two into the marriage. Yes. Okay. It was after the honeymoon. I think we were maybe had just gotten back. He had gone back to work and I was like trying to set up the apartment with the very few pieces of tiny household furniture items that we had. We didn't have a couch. We didn't have anything. Anyways, 
we needed a lamp. And I so I was out and about and I found a lamp and it was really cheap. I'm a really good shopper. I know how to find a deal. Like, hey, I found this lamp. It's great. And he was like, no. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, what? How can you just say no? Like, this is good, blah, blah, blah. And it was, that was the first thing where I was, I realized it kind of hit me that all of a sudden I'm in a relationship that I cannot get out of. And he just said, I can't buy a lamp. That's incredibly reasonably priced and we need one. And I think that was where it all started. I Joe, remember, do you wait, remember this? Do oh, I yes. really have to ask to buy a lamp? And he really did say, like, yes. I have to approve all of these things. And I was like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. So, th uh, yeah. That was it. it. But I'm serious. That was, that was a thing. And, and it was, yeah. And it, and it was, I mean, that was the reality is that, you know, you had, again, this young, incredibly capable, bright, beautiful, creative woman and a ambitious, hot headed seminarian who, you know, who wanted to, you know, be the the model of you know everything. Headship. Yeah, yeah headship. Yeah. And so it was it was that we're like, no, those those kind of decisions all need to run through me. And so there was just this sense where Heidi's going, listen, on, on paper, on paper, I really should be the team leader here. <laughs> you know, and so, so, and so I'm going, no, I, on on the biblical paper. So the, how long? Know, how many yeah. years? How many years you've been married? Twenty five. Twenty five years. Okay, so Joe, you jump into a time machine, you fly back in time, mm -hmm. and you do your own premarital counseling. Mm -hmm. What do you tell yourself? Relax. Yes, hmm. absolutely. What do you mean? It's just that that there is a beauty watching your wife flourish in how God has made her in a way that expresses his redemptive work in such a unique and specific way in how he's made her mm. that you get to not only to see, but to actually cultivate, to protect, and honestly, to enjoy. We're talking like recently, like within the last probably less than 10 years, that it was that moment where I'm like, oh, what it means to lead you is not to lead you into the wife of my own understanding, mm -hmm. but it's rather to, to really nurture and to promote the wife of whom God has given you. Mm. Like when we, when we were first married, the Lord by God's kindness just radically moved in very, very quickly after that first year. Because our first year was, it was pretty horrible. I mean, it was bad. We fought all the time. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, we because we were just going, hey, who's you know, what are we going to do, and what are the decisions, and who are going to? We're just trying to figure, figure out. it out. Yeah, but we were trying to figure it out according to a or looking at what we thought was a biblical view of it, and that we had to fit in this box, mm. and we tried to fit ourselves into a box, and it was horrible, mm -hmm. and we just fought constantly about it, and the Lord, He saw our car being driven off the cliff, and He thankfully saved us. Well, here, there's a really important thing. Uh -huh. There's a really important thing that this idea of understanding, uh, of seeing that who you are as a couple and growing and developing the Christ-likeness together versus trying to fit a mold or a picture of what you see out there right. and to try to fit into it. But that what happened moving off the cliff was that Heidi got sick. I mean, she had cancer. 
And so what happened was, is that one day she woke up and she's like, what's this? And there was this, you know, there was this mass and she goes, I don't know what that is. Within a week, she was recovering from surgery mm. and having her first dose of chemotherapy. How many years had you been married? Only one. Only, only one. one That's what I'm saying. So you're like, you got you to gotta see this context of where we were. I was only 20, 21 Good when grief. I got it. Yeah. Wow. So when she gets sick, it was just this ovarian dysgerminoma. Which the doctor said at the time, if you have to get cancer, this is the best kind to get because it is a curable kind. And obviously, praise God, it's been 24 years since then. But what it did is it took a really strong and independent woman and made her have to be dependent. And it took a strong-willed authoritarian seminarian mm-hmm. and it forced him to serve. Mm-hmm. We both had to do a total 180. Yeah. And so, I mean, that that yep. would be in the vein that whatever it is you'd tell yourself would be in that. Absolutely. In that vein. And we still have to tell ourselves that because sometimes so much time passes, you forget that that actually happened. Sometimes I forget. And um, I just always go, oh, man, Lord, I don't want you to have to teach me that again. Mm-hmm. So I need to keep remembering this lesson that we learned. And that was the dynamic is they go, no, wait, a buddy of mine, one time I was complaining and frustrated about you know, about something that Heidi was doing. And he goes, give me your wedding ring. I said, OK. So I get my wedding ring. He goes, tell me why you married Heidi. And I said, well, you know, because of ministry and because, you know, she has these capacities and, you know, that, you know, she completes me, you know, like, like all that kind of stuff. And, and he's like, no, no, no. I said, no, well, there are these other things. Whatever. He goes, no, no. So then it started getting frustrated. I go, will you give me my ring back? I mean, we've been here for like, you know, a while. It's like, no, you still haven't told me why you married her. Mm. And finally, finally I just went, I love her. And gave my ring back. He said, "That's why. That's why you. That's why you do what you do." And it was in those moments where she was sick, where I went, "You know what? Apart from all these other things, of what lamps you buy, or how many envelopes we have, or how you need to touch base with me, and how we're going to lead together, and what that's all going to happen, the bottom line is, is that I love you. And whatever it means for me to express that love towards you, that that in the end is the conduit by which I'm able to." realize the completion of my love for Christ because I'm able to do that with you. And why we're being reminded of that all the time is that I need to be reminded of that on a Thursday afternoon when I have five children that somehow don't understand that they're not supposed to. How many do we have? We only have four. four. Don't add another one. Why did I, why did I say five? I don't know. No, man. I was like, oh, dude, I four. thought I knew the family. I guess I don't. <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's like, there's one Mom? more boy. <laughs> <laughs> and surprise. No, it's just, I look Joe, I want to ask you a question because you, you, you said this a, f- a few minutes ago and Heidi weighing on this as well. Sure. You, you mentioned that you both were trying to fit one another into a mold. Where'd you get the mold? Go for it. The the Christian community we were around. Yeah. It was all it was all the all the people who were around and which I think kind of goes back to legalism a little bit where you have mm. this idea, I mean, you think they're all good things, right? They're not bad things right. in general, but right. it's it's going back to this sort of Christian checklist that you go, "Okay, well, a good Christian," and that's in quotes, goes, you know, has 
quiet times every morning and looks this certain way and dresses this certain way and is involved in these certain kind of ministries and pursues these types of things and and wouldn't pursue i.e. these types of things over here and these and these things wouldn't be that important. So anyways, you you see all these things around you again which aren't bad things, but you then find those people and those ideas and then you go, well, we have to be that. Mm. And that is godliness and that is biblical marriage and we have to look like that. And I think then all of a sudden the goal becomes looking a certain way and fitting a certain mold instead of actually honoring Christ and living for him. And so the focus really shifts. And I think for me personally, as just a Christian woman, I fought that that box fitting in that box for years it was finally after i was sick and we were kind of working through things afterwards and kind of being restored um i realized like as the lord started just kind of helping me find areas in my life that i loved and things i was good at and things i enjoyed and i found oh there's actually ways that i can express this and be involved in these things and kind of hone in on these things and still express Christ. It it might not be this picture here. It can look like this picture over here. Right, and right. I can feel freedom in that. And when it, I find I just felt so much more freedom when I felt the Lord kind of go, no, you're actually free to be who I made you to be. And mm-hmm. that's going to look different than this person looks and this person looks and this person looks. And that's when I actually began to enjoy <laughs> my Christianity. It wasn't like checking this checklist. It was I just have to be more like Christ, and that's going to look like me. Because if you can figure that out in your marriage, that then conveys in all the other relationships. It relativizes everything. Absolutely. How many years were you married before you started having kids? Seven years. Or was that our fifth kid? I think think it was five. Okay. Maybe six. I I think Sam was born in the sixth year. I remember it well. Well, I was 30. I was 30 when we had Sam. Yeah. Or when... Yeah. And he's a freshman in college. He's a freshman in college. Yeah, he is. Wow. That's fantastic. Yeah. So yeah, so we we were very intentional about it mm-hmm. that uh we we wanted to really just invest in our marriage and we were both in graduate school at the time. Uh, was yeah. thinking about was thinking about life and ministry mm-hmm. and we we wanted to say, Hey, listen, let's really dive into graduate work. Let's um Let's do life together. Let's understand the married thing, and then, um, and then we'll go from there. And and there were still some question marks. Sure, still some question marks in terms of you know if that was going to be gifted to us or not. But because I had be- been sick, because you've been yeah. sick, yeah, right. Yeah. So we said, okay, we're going to do this, and 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 we realized because of the, the the shift that was happening in our own relationship, right? We were saying, you know, I think we should invest here for a while. I think we should do that. Yeah. And then and then as as the Lord would and we we set a sense in terms of our our education then we would be really to ready to kind of go to this next phase. Right. But it was really intentional in that way of thinking about no, I think we we really do need to invest here. Yeah. And let's think about what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Your kids are beautiful and they are unique That's and creative. Sweet. Tell us a little bit about them. Introduce them to the listeners. Well, they're all very different. There's Sam. He's the oldest. He is 18, and he's your typical oldest child. He's actually a great kid. He is. Good leader. Very good leader. People automatically think he's Joe. 
<laughs> because I think of the loud voice and the way he looks with the dark hair. But he has a lot of my characteristics in terms of organization and being a little OCD on certain things. And so I, I get to enjoy him that way. But most people assume he's exactly like Joe. But personality-wise, they're a little bit different. But he does have a very strong, deep voice like Joe. Mm -hmm. And although they, my, we had boys, and that, I mean, we just... That was really hard for me. Every single time I found out we were having a boy, I just kind of did like this. <gasps> oh, my word, another one. And it's funny now because I look back and the, obviously the Lord knew exactly what he was doing. We love Sam. He's great. You want me to go on mm -hmm. to Noah as well? Yeah. And then there's I'm, Noah. I'm enjoying this very he's much. The, <laughs> he's the second. And he actually also is your typical second born, opposite of the firstborn, and pushes... Sam's buttons like no other. Um, now he actually is more like Joe in personality. And I mean, hilarious, witty, just nonchalant, has that like charm. Everyone loves him. But I also have to say, like, he also is a great kid. I really can't complain. The Lord has has really molded their hearts and changed them over the last few years. And I'm super thankful as a mom. You know, you look at other moms who love having babies and toddlers, and that was not me. I struggled every day. <laughs> like, mm. okay, let's play trains. And then I didn't even know how to play trains. Like, this is so hard. But obviously, as my kids have gotten older, I've enjoyed it so much more. I love mm. the conversations we have now, the different things that happen around the house. It's just so fun. So that's Noah. He plays football. He's at heart right now. Then there's Henry, who's our third boy. And when I found out Henry was another boy, the Lord and I wrestled for like a week. I literally couldn't understand why he would give me another boy and not just give me the girl that I wanted so badly. And I, we wrestled for a week, literally just me walking and talking with the Lord constantly. And I've, obviously by the end of that week, the Lord wins, right? And I'm broken and I am so thankful for just a healthy baby and I know this is the Lord's will. Anyways. Love Henry. He's a sweetheart. He's just tenderhearted. He's a helper. He literally will do anything for you except for his sister. <laughs> just if it's Mabel, just don't ask because it's not going to happen. Same for Mabel, though, with Henry. But he is he's in junior high, and he is trying to figure out who he is. He's not Sam and he's not Noah. And I think he tried to be both of them for sure. a while. Yep. And now right. he's realizing he doesn't have to be that. And he's just trying to figure out who he is. And I think when he does figure out, it's going to be pretty great. He's going to be a powerhouse. Yeah, he's going to be a powerhouse. And then obviously most people know who Mabel is because she's hard to hard to hide. And she's 10. And the Lord did finally grant us a little girl. But I have to say, by the time we were ready to have our fourth, and by the time when we looked at each other, like, are we going to do this? We both kind of looked at each other, like, but we have to be okay with this being another boy. Mm -hmm. And I literally was. I really was. I was like, Lord, it's great. I'm loving the boys. It's I get it. It's a good thing, and I'm totally fine with another one. I had an early ultrasound. It was like 12, 13 weeks, which you normally don't find out what you're having then. Right. So I went by myself. And I'm sitting there and the doctor's like, do you want to know what you're having? And I'm like, wait, no, it's too early. Wait, what do you mean? He's like, no, I can tell you right now. I'm like, so I, I stopped him. I'm like, just hold on a second because you have to know my scenario. I have three boys. So whatever you tell me I'm having, you have to be 
totally 100% sure of what I'm having because I can't do the roller coaster thing. He's like, okay. He's like, just give me another minute. And he goes, okay, are you ready? I'm like, yeah. I'm ready. And I'm just literally like, Lord, help me. I don't want to cry. I don't want to cry. And he goes, you're having a girl. And I'm like, wait, what? I literally was shocked. I asked him over and over again. I think I asked him, how can you tell? Like, how do you know? How do you spell it? And he's it? like, you are know, you sure? I do which, this which all is the actually, time. Which is actually really fascinating as a sub but you, episode. It's <laughs> yeah, very, that's very a sub fascinating. Episode. It's, in, Anyways. It's, in, it's in skeletal structure. There's a bone that yeah, females Joe, have. Joe, I'm going to have to throttle you. Yeah, now, exactly. Because again, <laughs> anyways. So yes, when Mabel was born, the doctor said, oh, it's a girl. And I said, are you sure? And then he said, yes, and she has red hair. And she literally is just the best, sweetest, most fun little addition to our home. Balances everything out. And we love her to death. Yeah, she's sweet. Yeah. She's really but sweet. She's but she's also a powerhouse. Yeah. She will sh- not take any... No. Anything. Yeah. She'll shank you in the yard for a pack of smokes. You know what I mean? (laughs) She is all over it. (laughs) Love it. Yeah. (laughs) All right. You've kind of already touched on this, but where have you both needed God's grace applied the most in parenting? I think it's in the, it's in those same, it's in those same dynamics that what we're, what we're knowing and learning and understanding in the context of our marriage. Mm Mm-hmm. Those things directly apply within the context you had mentioned before yeah. in other relationships. And then you have this front row seat to relationships in the context of family that that really puts all of that on display. So it has been learning to not only to understand each person's different personality, but also to understand seasons and uh, and growth dynamics that are in play too. Sure. So as soon as you feel like you kind of, everything's kind of humming and you're able to do particular things, then one of them changes, they grow, sure. they, they're different and it impacts everybody else because that, that nuance or that growth then impacts the relationships with everybody because it's a different person now that's at the dinner table than was sure. there the month before. So it's having the understanding that they are a person who the Lord is rearing and growing and to be able to not conform that, but rather to cultivate that so that they might be able to know and understand who Jesus is, to know and to understand who they are, and then to, in a loving act of worship, to be able to apply those two in the ordinary moments of life. And so feeding that, correcting that, um, modeling that, mm-hmm. and laughing and crying and everything in between is the spectrum of what it means to parent, is to steward and to watch what God is doing in the development of your child and what he is doing in the pursuit of redeeming them, the Lord would have that to be able to put that personality on display for his honor and glory. And the, the dark side of the moon on that at times is terrifying. Sure. It's terrifying. Yeah. Cause you're like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know how these things are going to develop. I don't know what's going to happen. Well, I think every parent in the beginning thinks if I just do these things, check this off, do this, 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 and this, then my kid's going to turn out this way. Right. And then, all of a sudden reality reality hits and right. you're just like, wait, but I did everything right. Totally. I did everything I was supposed to. Why is this not? And I think that's part of it 
grace comes in parenting. Don't put your kids in a box. Totally. Let them be themselves while growing in the Lord, and they're going to all look different. And that's what Joe's saying too. Like Sam looked different than Noah, and they learned things at different times. And Henry's growing in a different way. They're all hopefully, sure. as we pray, one day going to be walking with the Lord. But their growth and way to get there all looks different. And I think as parents, we have to be okay with breaking down those walls and those barriers that we think they need to and fit And that really into. is when the, the con- you... No, sorry, go ahead. I just I just had a really... I'm I, sorry, go ahead. I was yeah. Just, yeah, you're the guest. <laughs> <laughs> the continuity of that is not in what I'm wanting our family to look like or to conform to. And it isn't that the, the tail wags the dog and the child, because of who they are and their personality, gets to do whatever they want to do, because that's also not true. Mm-hmm. So there is this beautiful continuity that moves between personality, age, gender, and that is what it means to truly worship God. What does it mean to know and to understand his word and to apply that into this particular context? That you learn as a parent over time that 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 is what helps unify your family and develop your family as a whole Mm -hmm. with massive diverse expressions of all that. Because when you try to make it about the unity in the expressions, Mm -hmm. there's always going to be a season or a kid or a person that's going to like bump out of that. And then you start wrestling with them saying, no, you got to look this way instead of saying, hold on the expression of what you, of what you're doing and the person of who you are. The question is how, how does that map onto who your God is and loving obedience to him in a way that, that truly fully expresses who you are, not the residual self image of who you think you are, but then let's go ahead and practice who you are and what you're becoming. That process and the awareness of that and the, the, the body check of that, when I come in, I mean, that, I mean, honestly, right? I mean, that is the conversation that Heidi and I have on a consistent basis is she will look at me or we'll go, go, into, go into the back room and we're going to have this conversation by going, look, we're prioritizing the wrong thing. You're making this about the thing mm-hmm. and it's never about the thing. Right. And so our ability to do that and... And for me to repent of that, but these things, I want these things to be true in him or her, or candidly, I want them also to be true and to happen for my, for me, right? for my comfort. And my, right. And that, but, that, that's but what I was when I release all that, it becomes about Jesus and that the expression of that is much better than what I could fill out on a piece of paper and check off. It actually is more beautiful than that. And that humble reality gives you the courage to move towards that the next time it happens, which usually ends up happening about every other hour. I mean, what I hear you both (laughs) saying, what I hear you both saying is a sign or a symptom that parenting has moved into an idolatrous identity is when parents begin to try to psychologically determine outcomes within their kids rather than view parenting as an ambassador, as Paul David Tripp would say, Right, they try to mm-hmm. own the, the the parenting role versus they're an extension of God's purpose in that young person's life. God has given your children to you for the sake of molding them in the discipleship process. Absolutely, right. But you're still training them, indeed, and you're still teaching them. You're just not putting 
legalistic expectations for them that they have to meet that might not be a part of that biblical pathway. Does right. that make sense? Yeah. And you might, and you're also not getting down on them for not meeting your goals and expectations yet, right. like or ever. It's creating Christ worshipers, not perfect children. Amen. And the beauty of all of it is that in my own process of growth and sanctification has as a part of it the way in which that God has created each one of my children. Hmm. That I've come to the conclusion that the gift of our family has been designed by God in specific ways for me hmm. to learn and to grow and to enjoy in a way that I couldn't have apart from my family. So when I look at those moments of tension or I look at those moments of joy and everything in between, I realize that in the end that it's putting God on display and it's in their hearts and their growth. And also I get to join in that mm. because the Lord uses my children in the context of our marriage and our home to help me to grow and to change as I'm seeking to train and to help them to grow and to change. And only the continuity of the gospel can move through all of those different hearts and seasons simultaneously and in a way that's diverse if I just get out of the way. Can I get back to you as a married couple? Yep. Uh, Joe, how do you know when Heidi is feeling supported by you? She's courageous and creative. Hmm. Beautifully put. <laughs> Heidi, same question. I think he becomes more confident and not as anxious about outcomes hmm. if he knows he's supported and encouraged. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does. Yeah, I mean, there's there's no doubt. I tell people all the time, I like if if I'm holding the hand of my true love, I'll walk through brick walls. Hmm. But no matter what I'm leading through or the dynamics of life and ministry are, that if I'm misaligned with my deepest earthly love and Heidi then I'm, I'm a mess. Hmm. Heidi, what would you want people to know about Joe that perhaps they don't? Um, I have a birthmark of the Mona Lisa on my upper back. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea where you're going. Oh, my word. I heard birthmark. I'm like, where are we going? <laughs> I think most people know this. Well, obviously, he's a very large personality, gifted leader, very dynamic speaker, um, but is always very quick to admit wrong and mm. ask for forgiveness. Mm. I mean, the quickest, mm. always. I am never the first, and I admit that, and that's terrible. He's always the first to admit he's wrong. And even not just with me, with other people as well, I know that. And he always takes it on the chin. And I think some ra a random fact that people might not know, so he loves documentaries. Mm. Documentaries about anything and everything. Huh. Right, Joe? Indeed. <laughs> I've only known Joe for two years, and I just one thing I know about him is that he runs towards the hard things. Yep, he leans in towards them. He doesn't run away from them. Yep, and I, that's one of the things I love about you the most, brother. So, Joe, same question about your wife. She cares for the marginalized. So when she's at a party, um, she finds and spends time with the person who maybe isn't at the center of everything that's happening. Mm -hmm. Like like I saw it once, I'm like, oh, that's kind of interesting. And then I saw it again, then I saw it again, then I saw it again, then I saw it again. And I'm going, that's actually, that's actually who you are, mm -hmm. that you look for and you care for 
the one who needs nurturing and that you're willing to to move in there. I think that's one. Secondly, is that I think one of her greatest ministries to people is maybe a little bit of what you heard today is just that um, she's uh, she's very honest about life mm-hmm. and and living and that she's able to um, enjoy what she enjoys and um, and she really does um, yeah, she really does seek to to be a help to people to let them know, hey, you don't yeah. you don't have to be anything other than than who you are. So that's a those are some things. I think an expression of that that people might not know is that um, she has more um, plants than I believe most people should be able to have. And she waters them. She waters them constantly. This, that, and it's just, no, again. No, only when required. Yes, okay, so, but there's a lot, I mean, a lot, a there lot, a lot of, a lot of potted plants. And, and it rolls back to that other expression because she's the same person everywhere. So then she cares for, she nurtures, and that is expressed in how many potted plants and things that are around. And that's why, that's why she, she's a wonderful wife and mother because she's able to do that and to let plants grow the way that they grow and to nurture them and to help them and to do that. And it's just remarkable how many and also, and also, I would say something else that she, that you probably wouldn't know about Heidi in that regard too, is that I believe that she also has a thing for um, for pillows because I think we have a lot. Oh, everyone does. We have a lot. Everyone of, loves we have a lot. Pillows. We have a lot of pillows. When Come I have on. to move, when I have to move pillows to sit on a pillow, I think there are too many pillows. But the ask bottom, any wife out there, there's never too many throw pillows. But the bottom line is that something you wouldn't know when you come over to our house. That one of the things that you'll notice is how many plants and how stunningly beautiful they are. Well, I've only known Team Keller for Uh, two years, and it is obvious that there are evidences of God's grace all over your lives, and you have ministered and touched to many, you know, many people in this church and community for decades. And we're thankful to have you as part of the Grace family. Uh, We're glad to be here. I didn't even get to all the questions I wanted to ask you. I know that um, we're going to have to have have you both back again. for this sort of discussion because it's going to be helpful to people and people just enjoy hearing your voices as well. Sure. And we'll tell, we'll tell our engagement story. Yeah. You got to do that on on the patio. We'll do that. (laughs) We'll just have like, you know, salty snacks and uh, I'll tell a story. Joe, Heidi, thanks for being here. (laughs) Thanks for having us. Friends. Thanks for streaming in. I'm glad that you were able to spend time with Joe and Heidi hearing their story, how God's grace has shaped and molded them. Hopefully you'll be able to join us next time for the next episode of Magnify. Thank you so much for joining us today. Make sure to subscribe to the Magnify podcast so you never miss an episode. All the resources we recommend can be found in the Grace Library, so please be sure to check that out. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. Thanks so much for streaming.